Welcome to Cornelia in Africa. Tune in for updates, inspiration, and stories from the front line as I partner with Overland Missions to pioneer the gospel to DR Congo. You can follow on social media by using the hashtag RunWildLiveFree. www.cornelianafrica.com features my personal full-length newsletters with wonderful footage of what it looks like to be boots on the ground in remote settings. Overland Missions exists to take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the most remote people in the most forgotten places on earth. We are pioneers. We are evangelists. We are apostolic. For more info on how you can join us, head over to www.overlandmissions.com. Michael, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> the previous time we had a recording, we had some technical difficulties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're very happy to join you uh, to have you join us today. Yeah. Um, so maybe let's just give an overview. Who are you? Where do you come from? How long have you been connected to Overland Missions? And what did you what do you do here in Congo? Well, hello everyone. Um, my name is Michael Mkenge. I am a Congolese. I come from Lubumbashi. Now, right now we are in Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. So I come from Lubumbashi. I've been working with Overland um, for for a year now. Yeah. But I've I've been um, in contact with uh, Cheryl and Savior and Julie and uh, Darren mm-hmm. since two years now. So it's a it's a it's a great blessing to to be part of this uh, Congolese team of Overland missions, and yeah. That, that, that's who I am now. <laughs> yeah. And your specific involvement in our team is mm. to do farming God's way. Exactly. I, I, I've started doing farming also like three years ago, two or three years ago. And I, I've been working with um, people in Lubumbashi, but now I'm working with Cheryl and yeah. Xavier. Yeah. yeah it's, we're spending good times. Yeah. <laughs> so just for those of you who are listening if you um, are impressed with michael's english you should be <laughs> don't be <laughs> no it's, it's, it's a broken english <laughs> no he speaks better english than i speak french <laughs> uh, yeah, that is rude <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you also speak swahili mm-hmm. and lingala and what is what is and chiluba chiluba yes how many of those are official languages here in Congo? Uh, we the official language is um, uh, French. Yeah. But the local languages, the like the the, the the languages that are recognized in the country, there are four. There's there's Lingala, there's Kikongo, there's Swahili, and there's Chiluba. So I speak Swahili. Kikongo is is spoken in the eastern part of west on the west western part of the of the country. Swahili is spoken uh, in the east and the south. Mm-hmm. Lingala is spoken in the north and Chiluba in the center. So okay. I speak Swahili and Chiluba. Okay. Yeah. So you have a, a good command of languages if you're able to speak t- three of Congo's recognized languages, yeah, yeah, yeah. two of whom are official. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you speak English as well. Yeah, I, I learned English when I went. Uh, to university, I I did my university in Zimbabwe. Yeah. Yeah. I I went to Africa University. I studied um, natural resources management, 
and the Faculty of Agriculture and Natural Resources Management. Is that how you became interested in farming God's way, by being involved in agriculture and resource management? Yes, management? yes. Uh, you know, agriculture has, has always been something that Africa needs. And when joining, I remember I went for an interview when I went to, to university for, for the scholarship. And they asked me, why do you want to do agriculture? I said, because I want to, <laughs> to help my country be self-sufficient in terms of food production and things like that. And I got my my uh, my scholarship. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> when I, after university, I was like, okay, what can I do now? I spent like four years not doing anything agricultural related. But when I got into contact with uh, Farming God's Way, yeah, I am. Now, back you, to now you're, put, you're putting it back into practice. <laughs> yeah, back to agriculture. And I'm so glad I'm doing this because, you know, what's, what's very interesting is that I can... Uh, there's, a, there's a biblical or a Christian life part that is involved into this agricultural thing. The, uh, I will tell you, it's very different from what I learned from, at university. But... Mm -hmm. I, I, I wish I knew of farming also before I went to university. Do you think, just knowing what you know now about mm. ministry and your specific calling, do you think mm. you would have done farming God's way differently had you known that from the start? Um, like putting into practice the biblical things before, mm -hmm. let's say, the theoretical things that you learn in school? Yeah, I think I would have been, well... I don't know, <laughs> but I, I, I just wish I knew farming also before I went to university because yeah. I would have done things differently. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're putting into practice the things you know now and mm -hmm. you're an important part of our team. You mm -hmm. work not only as a teacher for Farming God's Way and yes. a big help in mm. interpreting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you, you speak multiple languages and our team um, mm is enriched yeah. by your presence on it. <laughs> thank so thank you for joining us today. <laughs> thank you. My, it's my pleasure. It's always good to, to sit down with you and discuss uh, the Word of God. You know, uh, it's, it's not that often that we meet people that uh, know the, have the true knowledge of the Word of God. Because mm -hmm. people have theories, they have uh, doctrines that are different from what the Bible says. But one thing I've realized with overland missionaries is they have the true gospel, the true doctrine of the... They, 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 there's nothing added to the word of God to make it more beautiful or more, you know, but it's the pure word of God, and I'm so grateful for that. Yeah. yeah. Mm, I'm yeah. so grateful for that. I have a friend who... He's a missionary in, in the United States, actually, mm -hmm. um, and he was my pastor when I was a student at university. Okay. And he always used to say that mm. to... To be in ministry, you only need two things, mm -hmm. the Bible mm. and a passport. Okay. Everything else God <laughs> provides. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like if you are willing to go, God will send God you. God will send you, yes. yes. And, um, and he will equip you with everything you need mm -hmm. to get there. Not just in terms of scripture and knowledge, but mm. relationships yeah, exactly. um, and provide for you in every area of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think that's that's one of the big things, even just uh, as me being a part of this team, mm. like if you are available to God, he will send you places exactly. and you will see nations touched and transformed mm -hmm. if you are able to to lay your life down mm. so that he can use it for his kingdom and his glory. Exactly. God God uses people that are, are available, yeah. not people that are over um, um, experienced, but are not available. Yeah. You see, 
if you are available, God will use you, will send you to places where people need you. But if you are too busy for God, then you are not useful. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Welcome to our second conversation with mm -hmm. Michael. How do I say your last name? Mukenge. Mukenge. Yes. The previous time we had some technical difficulties, mm. but <laughs> we're very glad to have you back. Yeah. We are talking about indigenous discipleship today. Mm -hmm. um, and I think let's maybe just kick it off by saying what is discipleship? Well, discipleship is, is um, basically it's just repeating the things you have heard. To another person that's what i in in general that's what discipleship is for me so it's teaching someone mm -hmm. what you have learned exactly. so it's basically a multiplication exactly. of a specific teaching exactly um so within in within the context of ministry mm -hmm. the 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 message that we're repeating or the teaching that we're transferring that is of course referring to the gospel right exactly um so where does the the concept of discipleship where does it come from well, it comes from, from the Bible, um, from Matthew 28, yeah. the Great Commission. And before that, Jesus himself started this. Well, John had his disciples. So it's just like a person um, repeating the things he knows to other people so they can also repeat them to other people. And I think discipleship is, um, is something we all have to do as Christians. Yeah. Because... That's the great commission Christ gave us to all of us, all that, those that believe. Yeah. They are sent out to make other people disciples. So let's maybe just uh, read from Matthew 28. Yeah. Um, just so that everyone's on the same page. Mm -hmm. Do you want to read for us? No problem. Um, I think this is a passage that a lot of people are familiar with, but it's always good to read from the word. Yeah, from, from verse um, 18, Matthew 28, 18. The Bible says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Like you see, when we read from this verse, there, there's, there's one thing that is very important that we need to consider when we, we are making disciples it's not just preaching to them repeating to them or teaching to them the word of god the bible says teaching them to obey everything i've commanded you so we need we also need to to teach the people we are teaching the word we are sharing with the word to obey the word of god because if you are not obedient you are not a disciple that's true there's a part of obedience that plays a, a very important role in discipleship and people will not obey the word of God if you, you are not obeying yourself. Yeah. They want to see that obedience in you before they can, they yeah. can obey. It's an application yes. of the truth exactly. from scriptures. Exactly. So uh, that's, that's a very important part of, of discipleship. It's not just going out there, preaching the word, and people are getting baptized, and that's it. No, it's uh, a continuous process of uh, planting the seed of obedience into people's lives yeah. so they can also reproduce that. 
I once heard a teaching where they were talking about how um, when young boys within the Hebrew culture, mm-hmm. um, when they were um, being trained by a rabbi, they mm-hmm. were um, like a, a disciple is basically just a different word for, for students. Yes. Yes. Um, so when they were being trained by a specific rabbi who mm-hmm. is a teacher of, of scripture, mm-hmm. one of the things that they would be doing is that they would literally follow him so closely that whenever he would walk, the dust mm. from his feet would like blow Whoa. up and fall on them. <laughs> um, and I, I always just think about like, uh, when I imagine what it would look like in mm. biblical days, there's mm-hmm. a lot of dust because they didn't have um, tar roads, yeah. you know, they walked everywhere. Exactly. Um, and if we're following Jesus in the same way, mm. we should be so close to him that the dust of his of his walk, mm-hmm. literally the way he conducts life, mm-hmm. should fall upon us. And I think that's a big thing um, in discipleship is it's proximity in relationship. Exactly. If you want to teach someone, it has to come from living by example. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's a connectedness that comes with being close to people and allowing them to see your life unfaltered. Yeah, because being a disciple is uh, also includes the fact of that proximity of living together, knowing uh, each other's secret, because we are asked to pray one for another. Yeah. We are asked to share the things that matter to us with others so we can support each other. And if there's, there's, there isn't that proximity, we can't, we can't talk of discipleship. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very important. Look at the, the way Jesus uh, spends time with the disciples. They were with him almost everywhere, all the time. Yeah. So that's 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 what we have to do when we are making disciples also. There's no secret life and Jesus says I've 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 taught you everything I've heard from my father. Yeah. It means there's nothing that I left on the sides saying this is for me, this is not for you. No. Yeah. I told you everything I heard from my father. And I so think that's that's, that's a perfect example of discipleship. Yes. By knowing Jesus, mm-hmm. we also know the Father. Exactly. So in the same way, when we disciple people, they mm-hmm. should come to know God by mm-hmm. knowing us. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, it's it's not just a replica, like a replica. Mm-hmm. of something mm-hmm. it is a direct representation exactly um, and i think that ties so significantly into what it means to be a disciple maker mm. um is that actually if you look at the scriptures nowhere in scripture there's a word like missionary no uh, we call ourselves missionaries yeah. but what the scripture calls it is apostles mm-hmm. ambassadors yes. um disciple makers mm-hmm. and i think you know that's just the big part of it is that if we are representatives of the kingdom mm. then we should reproduce after the nature of the kingdom exactly um and i always just come back to genesis 1 uh it's verse 27 that Mm. says god decided to create man in his image and in his likeness Mm -hmm. so we are created after the same nature as god has created and Mm -hmm. therefore when we make disciples Mm -hmm. we have to create after the same nature that god created so we can't produce something that is out of our personality or Mm -hmm. our doctrine or Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, if if we are disciples of the kingdom and we make disciples of the kingdom, yeah. then that which we reproduce should mm. be the fruit of the king. Exactly. You know, making disciples um, is a process that's, that's very important. We need to understand the things that come, uh, that get into consideration when making a disciple. There's, there's our part. And then... Our, our role is to introduce the word to the people. Yeah. And then it is important that the people we introduce the word to receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because uh, um, 
a person cannot be a Christian until he's filled with the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there is a difference between being a believer uh-huh. and being a disciple maker. Exactly, exactly. And you see, Jesus could send them when he was still on earth. He could send them to go preach the word. But then before he goes to heaven, he says, do not go anywhere until you receive the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It means when, when you, you, you receive the Holy Spirit, you receive the image of God. You receive the nature of God. And that's why you are able to reproduce. The people that called the disciples Christians is because they saw the image of God. Yeah. The anointing that was on them. Because they are not, uh, uh, in French we call them Jesuits. They are Christians. Yeah. It's referred to, to Christ, uh, the anointed one. So the Holy Spirit pray, plays a, a very big role in disciple making. And yeah. Yeah, I think um, my Greek is not very good, but I mm. think... Christian literally means little Christ. Yeah. Like um, a representation of mm-hmm. the Christ who mm-hmm. is the, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. Um, like in the name Christ, mm. there is a fulfillment of the promise that God made exactly. to send us someone who would be his representative mm-hmm. that would work reconciliation on, exactly. on our behalf. Yes. Um, you know, as you were just talking, I was thinking about that scripture. I think it's in Romans 10. Mm. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um Romans eleven thirty six. Uh, let me just page through here. Romans eleven thirty six. Yeah. Um, it says, mm. "For of him, for from him, through him, and to him are all things." And I think um, this is, of course, the doxology from from Romans. But whenever I think about the specific scripture, mm. I think about like this should be the focus of our discipleship and our ministry. Mm-hmm. It should be of him. It should be through him and it should be for, for him. him. Yes. If we're reproducing anything that isn't representative of him, mm-hmm. we're basically just uh, enforcing idolatry. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um, uh, and I was also thinking about that other scripture um, while you were talking about waiting for the Holy Spirit. The one that says the kingdom of God is not just a matter of eloquent speech, mm. but a demonstration, demonstration of power. Of power and, and I think, um, you know, especially in terms of discipleship, that is such an important um part of, of, of living as a discipleship, like mm-hmm. the supernatural is a nominal part of Christian life. Exactly. It's not just reserved for apostles and bishops and missionaries and nope. and pastors. Mm. Um, if you are a believer, you are supposed to, to function in, in, in the realm of the Spirit. Yes, in the book of Acts, the Bible says, in the later days, I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Yeah. Not only on pastors or apostles, on all flesh. Yeah. So it means if you receive the word, you genuinely receive the word. You will receive the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a very important step into becoming a Christian. Yeah. And when, when uh, Peter preaches after the, the, the Holy Spirit came down on them, mm-hmm. he says, repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Because that's for us and for our children. Once we, we, we give them the, the, the genuine word of God, the Holy Spirit will come and dwell in us and we'll be disciples, we'll be able to make disciples also. Yeah, so the Holy Spirit is like an activation exactly. of the things that we mm-hmm. already know to mm-hmm. be true. Yes. Um, it, it, I think when I, when I try to like put an image to it, I'm always thinking of like when you're a child and mm. you're starting to walk. Yeah. Initially, it's like you're struggling yeah. to keep your balance. <laughs> uh, you know, you're falling against uh-huh. stuff and people uh-huh. need to help you to stay yes. upright. Mm. But with the Holy Spirit, it's like, 
going from being a toddler in the faith mm-hmm. versus someone who's a marathon runner. Mm-hmm. Like you run with confidence. Exactly. There's there's um there's energy behind it, there's and energy. it's not just because of your own power. No. It's because of the empowerment yeah. of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I think also just what we were talking about the Great Commission earlier. Um, mm-hmm. in in the Great Commission, which is mentioned in in um in Luke. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just read that part. It says, "Go into all the world." This is from verse fifteen. Uh, Mark. Uh, Mark. Yeah. yeah, Mark sixteen, verse fifteen. It says, "Go, um, go into all the world and mm-hmm. preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but mm-hmm. whoever does not believe will be condemned." Mm. And then seventeen, these signs will accompany those who believe. In yes. my name, they will drive out demons. They mm-hmm. will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands, mm-hmm. and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on the sick and um, on the sick people, and they will recover. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is just like for me when we're talking about activation of ministry, yes. especially in the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are sent, which every person is like every person who's a believer is also one who is sent. Yeah, exactly. So if you are um, if you are a Christian and you mm. place your faith in the in the salvation of Christ, his death and resurrection, um, you are supposed to function in signs, miracles and wonders yes. as a demonstration of the kingdom. Exactly. Because uh, that's, that commission is not... We, we cannot wait for our local pastor to give us that commission because it's been given to us yeah. by Christ himself. So whenever you, wherever you are, whether it's in your local church, you've been sent there by Christ. To perform all those things, yeah. Because it doesn't mean you have to be sent out or some some places, some places to go and perform those things. But everywhere you are, whether in the local church or whether outside there in the villages or in a remote place from your home, you can perform those things. Yeah. Because even in your local church, there are people that are sick mm-hmm. that they need to be healed. There are people that are possessed, demon possessed. They need deliverance. And if you are a true believer, a true Christian you'll be able to perform all those things because yeah. they, they, are, they are bound to you. They are bound to your Christian life. You cannot be a Christian and not be able to do those things. Yeah. Yes. One of the things that you mentioned um, is the functionality of the local church. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in context of the Great Commission that says, make disciples of all nations. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about indigenous discipleship. Mm. So you are Congolese yes. and... You work in, in ministry and missions mm-hmm. here in Congo. Um, how would you say, do we go about discipling a nation when it's a nation this, as the same one that you're coming from? Well, it's a, it's, it's a bit different because, you know, when um, you, you are more interested when people hear that you are from another place. You know? Yeah, like the foreigner yeah. is always interesting. You are more interested. People want to hear from you. Like the locals, we've heard them for, for years and yeah. things are still the same. But, you know, when you walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, people, whether you are local or come from abroad, when the Holy Spirit is at work in you, when it's not just uh, speeches, but the word followed with power and demonstration of the spirit. Yeah. People believe. Yeah. And people are touched. The, 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 the point, the view on the local uh, missionaries change. Yeah. Because we are, we are used to, to, to people coming to evangelize us, to go to join a local church and things like that. But when you come and preach only the word of God, you preach Jesus and you pray for them and you, 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 you make sure they understand what they get or who they become when they receive Christ. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. they change. They, they, they don't see you like any other Christian, but something changes in them. Mm. I think that's the wonderful thing, um, is that the Spirit of God and the movement of the Holy Spirit and mm. the activation of truth is not limited by a nation mm. or a tribe or a certain language. Mm-hmm. Um, it's John 3, 8 that says the Spirit of God is like the wind. No one knows mm. where it's coming from or where it's yes. going, but it blows and it changes and you can see the effect of the wind. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the same thing when we talk about discipleship that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. Yes. Um, I actually, as a as a foreign missionary to Congo, mm. I actually have a lot of appreciation for our team here and mm. indigenous um, missionaries because there are subtleties in culture and, yeah. and language, mm-hmm. which for me as an outsider is sometimes hard to, <laughs> to navigate. Of course. Um, but you understand the culture, you understand mm. the language. And, yes. and oftentimes there might be like cultural issues mm. that you can speak into where outsiders might not have insight into. Exactly. Um, and I think that's such an important part of discipleship as well. Mm. Um, like Overland Mission's view and, and, their, and their vision is not to plant churches, no, not, to, not, um, not to be like riding on the, like the white, the white horse saving the <laughs> saving the village or yeah. saving the, like we want to empower local believers mm-hmm. to put into practice the things that they're doing and i can already see the effects of that in our team mm-hmm. who um independently do mm. ministry outside of our supervision or outside exactly. of our help and i think that's already like fruit of indigenous discipleship is like there's a transfer from one generation of believers mm. to the next one yes. um and i think your life also is, is, is a testimony of that exactly because you see, we, we are not meant to make people dependent on us. We are meant to make them dependent on Christ and Christ alone. It means even if I'm not around, you should run this thing on your own. Yeah. The, 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 the word of God should, 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 should keep on going and people should, should keep on believing. And, because they, they, people, we live in, in a community mm-hmm. and people are looking at us. They are watching us. If they see a change in us, they will, they, they will, that change will attract them to come and ask, what happened to you? Yeah. And what did you do? How did you do it? And th- that's an opportunity for us to, to preach and change the community because we cannot expect always people from afar to come and bring the change we want to see in, in our lives. So the best way to do it is to use the people that are around, are, are indigenous to the place, and they will bring the change because it's not our power, it's not our knowledge, it's the knowledge of Christ, and Christ lives in us. So the word. Um, a friend of mine once asked me the question: mm. um, Why do you think Jesus came to Earth during the time that he was um, on Earth, which was, of course, at the height of the Roman Empire? Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about it, uh, I at least like to imagine it would be so much easier mm. to like spread your message to the world. In modern times, like nowadays, yeah, especially Facebook, with like the internet, yeah. we can just like have a Zoom meeting. Yeah. You can, uh, everyone has the Bible app on their mm. phone. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to like mm-hmm. get news out. Mm. Um, we have airplanes. Mm. Like back in the day, you had to travel for several months yeah. with a sailboat. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I think just in terms of logistics and in yeah. terms of getting the message out, it would be so much easier mm. in today's context to. Um, to do a broadcast and everyone hears the news, you know, like uh, have a TV mm. program mm. Um, and it's done. But when I, when my friend asked me this question about like, why do you think Jesus came to earth 
at the time of the Romans mm. when there was persecution of Christians and I mean there was no roads I'm sure in Congo you can appreciate that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that there are no roads the Romans build a lot, a lot of roads yeah. you know yeah. um, but if you if you consider the historical context I think it's such a great uh, revelation into how strategic God is mm-hmm. because his perspective on it was that the Romans understood what discipleship looks like yeah. um, when they conquered various different countries, mm. they immediately established a new colony. Exactly. They put a governor in place mm-hmm. and they basically forced the people in that region to adapt to the lifestyle and the, the doctrine and the mindset of Rome. Exactly. Like it was literally a little representation of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and of mm-hmm. course, the Romans did not, <laughs> everything they did wasn't great. Yeah. But I think. <laughs> People understood the the mindset of like conforming to the pattern and the jurisdiction of a kingdom. Mm -hmm. And when I think about um, discipleship for the kingdom of God, Mm. that's kind of the similar image that comes to mind. The scripture says that the righteous take the power, take the kingdom by force. So if we're discipling nations, Mm. it means that we're basically establishing a kingdom colony of people who follow the rules, the lifestyle, the mm-hmm. speech pattern, mm-hmm. um, the, the mindset mm-hmm. of the kingdom of God. Exactly. Um, and it's not just enslaving people to a different kind of kingdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is empowering them with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. so that transformation can take place exactly. in a community. Exactly. Um, and I think that's what you said as well, like becoming independent in ministry. Mm. We're not supposed to be babysitting people no, for multiple no, years. If point. we are doing a good job of making disciples, it means that people should be full of the Holy Spirit and independently um, be, like, be able to continue the work and, and reproduce themselves mm. after the nature of the kingdom. Exactly. Because you, you see, the Romans sent a governor to, to and some soldiers, Roman soldiers, to, to rule, to to, to uh, kind of <clears throat> give a, a, uh, an idea of what the Roman, uh, the Romans, uh, how they live and how they, they are. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's exactly how we have to do discipleship. We, we, we're not just supposed to, to do Zoom meetings and put posts on Facebook and so people can read all over the world. We need to be present in yeah. those places. Yeah. We need to be there. People need to see us because if they don't see us, it's just like a story. And how you, do you know how many stories are shared on Facebook and things like that? But we need, people need to see us so they can see Christ. Yeah. Christ is not seen on Facebook, through Facebook <laughs> or WhatsApp or things like that. But Christ is in us. Mm-hmm. And we, wherever we are, we, we take the kingdom of God there. That's true. Exactly. So I think mm-hmm. that also speaks about something we often talk about in Overland Missions, which mm-hmm. is the new creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that comes an understanding of our mandate here on earth, mm-hmm. which is, of course, tying into the Great Commission. Yes. Um, a mandate is basically a special assignment or um, an empowering message that you are trusted to mm. transfer. Mm. Um, and, and, and this mandate, of course, is to establish heaven on earth. Exactly. Um, and I think a big part of that, as you said, is like being present. Being um, present. It means showing up mm. to Bible studies, mm-hmm. even if there's only one person who yeah. attends. Uh, <laughs> it means being available for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I've often seen that when you are able to support people in times of crisis or even in good times, but Mm. especially also in times of crisis, Mm -hmm. the transparency of your life actually gives them confidence in the message that you're carrying. Mm -hmm. Um, And then of course, part of the mandate is that if we 
if we administer the kingdom with the same authority that Jesus carried, there comes um, there comes like a weightiness with it, which means that we're we're carrying not just a message, mm. but the the king yeah. goes with us. With us, like yes. as as the same as the the Roman governors, mm. um, you know, implemented the the principles of the kingdom they were representing. Mm-hmm. We have the same responsibility to to put into practice the things of the kingdom exactly. and demonstrate it with our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, there's. There's somebody who, who told me some, some, some years ago that the best preaching is not you standing in front of people, opening a Bible and reading and telling them what is written in the Bible. Yeah. The best preaching is your own life. Yeah. People want to see the word through, That's true. through your own life. If you are living the word, then people will be interested in the word. If you are not living the word, people will not be interested in the word. Because they say, what you, what you tell us to do, you're not doing it yourself. Yeah. So people, they, they, they look at us, they watch us, and they say, these are true Christians. These mm-hmm. are true. This one is a true Christian, and I want to be like him. Mm-hmm. Like him, and not like in, a, in the physical, but in the spirit, because we are all in the image of God. That's true. Exactly. That's true. Hmm. So how do you think, um, or what, what would you describe as the difference between someone who's simply a believer and then someone who goes on to be... A disciple. What do you think is the dynamic difference between a believer and a disciple? Well, a believer um, is just someone who has received the word, and okay, is is goes on to that and waits until the last day of salvation <laughs> and say, "Yeah, I'm saved. That's it." But a disciple is somebody who uh, a lot has been invested in him. Mm-hmm. Like Paul says to Timothy, "The things you have heard from me." Mm-hmm. You need to teach them to responsible men that will teach them to other people. That's a disciple. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. He cannot stay, you know, in Isaiah 61 and Luke chapter 4, Jesus said, the Spirit of God is upon me. Mm-hmm. He has anointed me to do things, 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 things. things. Yeah. And that's, that's a disciple. Yeah. You are anointed. Things have been put in you so you can reproduce them. Yeah. Not to just sit and wait for, sal- for the last day of salvation. No. So I think that's the difference between the two. Let's actually read that scripture. It's mm. from Isaiah 61, but it's also, as you mentioned, in Luke 4. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was, of course, Jesus, um, his anointing. Yes. But since we carry the same anointing the same and the same authority as Jesus, mm. these are things that apply to us as well. Exactly. Um, so I'll just read from verse 1. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me. Mm. Because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. Um, the word preach basically just means declare. Yes. Like mm-hmm. it's an announcement. There's mm-hmm. good news. <laughs> yes. And the poor, of course, refers to this, the poor in spirit, not just the financially poor. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release from darkness the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort those who mourn, and to provide for those who grieve, mm-hmm. to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of despair. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on to give a promise. They will be called the oaks of righteousness and a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Mm-hmm. And that just like brings me back to what the purpose of discipleship is. It's mm-hmm. always to to point people back to God. And as this verse says, um, as a planting of the Lord. Mm. For the purpose of displaying his splendor. So it's like if you're making disciples mm. that aren't actually representing the kingdom, 
you are not making disciples according to the kingdom. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about practicality in Congo. Yes. Um, you teach farming God's way. Yes, I do. And that's like a wonderful discipleship tool and a, a tool for evangelism. Maybe yes. just give us some um, background. What is farming God's way and how do you put it into practice here in Congo? Well, farming God's way is a, it's an important tool that God is put in our hands to, to spread the gospel. Because in farming God's way, we start with the, the biblical keys. We lay a foundation, a biblical foundation before we teach the practical side of farming. Mm -hmm. And we teach people how to trust in God, to, to acknowledge God and God alone. And, you know, nowadays it's, it's not just enough to, to go around and teach people the word of God and then they're hungry, they don't know how to feed themselves, they, they are bound to poverty. You know, being saved and living, uh, how can I say it, living a prosperous life on earth are two different things. Yeah. You see? And we don't, we, we don't just want people to receive the word and then maybe lose faith in God because of hunger of, or, or poverty. We teach them the word and then you teach them a way of surviving or, or living peace, peacefully on earth while doing farming. Because mm -hmm. land is accessible here in Congo, there's a lot of space. And yeah, we, we just don't teach the word, but we also teach farming God's way. A way of uh, for for the people for the poor to 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 have something and to 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 help the family out. Mm. So how would you say does farming God's way uh, like how does it tie into discipleship? Yeah, farming God's way ties into discipleship because um, people are encouraged to work together. We start, of course, we start first with the word of God. We teach them the word of God and we encourage them to stay together. Most of the time to read the word, to, to pray together, to, to go into their fields and work together and things like that. Because, uh, sorry, there's, there's another part of farming also that's, that's called, the, uh, after teaching them, we create that, uh, uh, something that's called uh, God's, God's Love Group. Mm -hmm. Where they are called to work together, to meet as often as possible, to read the Bible and let them be taught by the word of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then you also do a demonstration of um, how to do a low tillage garden or mm. like a low tillage uh, plot of, of land, right? Yes. Mm. So even in that, there is a regular follow up of, of, of the fields and, and seeing how the spiritual seed as well as the physical seed is growing. Exactly. Uh, it's called a well watered garden and it's just a small piece of land that we choose and we implement we like show an example of what can be done at a large scale but we start small to to uh to kind of <clears throat> see our faithfulness because if you are faithful in the small things you will also be faithful in great things so we start small yeah we encourage them to start small and that's on that small space they can work together. If they are able to work together on a small scale, they will be able to work together on a big scale. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a it's just an example to show them how things can be done. Because farming God's way is uh, when we do farming God's way, we are we are starting a process of land restoration because our land has been destroyed by farming our own way. Now we are introducing farming God's way, the way God wants us to do farming because. When we read the Bible, we see that God is the first farmer. Genesis chapter 2, verse 8, the Bible says, The Lord God planted a garden mm 
mm-hmm. in the east of Eden and put men there to manage it. So God is the first farmer. Farming is not a curse. Many people believe that work is a curse, but by reading the word of God, we discover that work is not a curse. It actually came before the sin came into the world. So it's a blessing to do farming also. I enjoy it a lot. And people, it's amazing how you see how, how the, the, you see the light of God shining on the faces of people when they discover what farming is according to God. Yeah, mm. it's it's not just um, a task, but it's actually no. a ministry exactly. to be able to produce and steward the things um, that, that God has given you. Yeah, and there's, there's a follow-up. We, we don't just teach and go away. We come back as often as possible to see how they are doing, how faithful they are with the small plot that we've, be, we've uh, put under their responsibility and things like that. We encourage them. Of course, it's not, it's not always easy to do something new. So we often encourage them to, to if he's not, able to, he's not been able to do it this year, next year we go back, we encourage him, try this year, try this year. Even a small plot, try it. Yeah. When you see the fruits, then you'll be encouraged to do a bigger, a bigger part. Mm. So what do people need if, if someone's listening to this, this podcast back mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. and they want to start um, like a vegetable garden or something yes. just in their backyard? What do they need to know about Farming God's Way? Well, in Farming God's Way, we um, have some principles. We say we do not burn because most of the farming is based on burning. We do not till, we do not plow. So we do not incorporate the, the grass in the ground because... Some people turn around the, the things and we do rotation. Mm-hmm. So we, we, we're not destroying the, the, the soil structure. We're not disturbing the soil structure because there's a, there's a structure in the soil and we want to avoid uh, soil erosion through the rains and things like that. And we cover our, our land. We don't leave it bare. So we cover it. That's, I've heard it called God's blanket. Is God's, that... It's called God's blanket, <laughs> yeah. So that basically just means that you cover your plantings with like grass or mm-hmm. twigs or leaves mm-hmm. to prevent evaporation, right? Exactly, exactly. It's 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 after a lot because um, the 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 grass or the grass blanket will be uh, decomposing and incorporating to the soil. It's so it's basically creating compost yeah. and preventing exactly. the evaporation of it's water. A, it's a great technology. I can tell you, it's, it's the best. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so how big is um how big of a piece of land do you need if you wanna like let's say you want to start planting tomatoes in your background mm. in, in your backyard, how much space do you need? You uh our well, well watered garden is six meters by six meters, so it's not that big. You can start that small. Yeah. And if you 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 are faithful in that small thing, you be you you you'll grow big with the years. Yeah. So you can start with six by six or 10 by 10 things like that yeah this works and i've also heard great testimonies of how if you put into practice mm. the things of god farming god's way how every year there's a bigger a bigger harvest yeah um, because when when you do farming god's way you are improving the soil you are not destroying because our uh, modern technology or modern way of doing farming is destroying the, the soil because you will put uh, your your organic in inorganic um, uh, fertilizers, and they, with the years, they destroy the soil. Yeah. You put more, it will not produce. But with farming God's way, you put the same amount of inputs uh, of of uh, organic material every year, 
and it improves the soil. Yeah. Yeah. It keeps on going up and up and up and up. Yeah. It's a, actually, it's a blessing. It's a tool that God has put in our hands to honor him through our work, yeah. through farming. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I think the word that you used is like a tool, mm. which is, of course, you know, farming God's way is amazing for not only empowering people mm-hmm. in their day-to-day life mm. um, and bringing the gospel, but in Overland Missions, we also have other tools that we use mm. um, to reach people in remote locations yes. that have not yet heard the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the ways we, we do that is with expeditions. Yeah. So let's maybe talk about that for a little bit. Let's talk about that. Um, so an expedition, for those mm. of you who are listening and haven't heard what an expedition is, mm. it's Overland Mission's um, grassroots evangelism mm-hmm. effort, I would call it that. <laughs> like um, an expedition is basically a shorter mission mm. in which we intensively share the gospel on a one-on-one basis with yep. people. Mm. Um, we divide into teams, we go into people's houses, mm-hmm. sit down with them, mm-hmm. um, share the gospel, mm-hmm. explain anything they might have questions yes. about. We lay hands on the sick. Mm-hmm. We pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the long term, we have sector missionaries who come up and, and, and do follow up, yes. implementing discipleship in those areas mm-hmm. to lay biblical foundation in people's mm-hmm. lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a, <clears throat> actually, it's, it's the best way of doing evangelism and discipleship. It's a, it's a great time. I've, I've uh, had the privilege to, to do so a couple of them yeah yeah of expeditions so it's wonderful i mean it's you you in the in the process of of teaching the word of of preaching the word of, you discover yourself and that's what true. god is putting you and that's that's, that's the most in, inter, interesting part of that i i enjoyed every single expedition i've, I've been on mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So you were um, on expedition in August mm-hmm. with Reese and Maggie and yes. some of our Zambian missionaries. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually just such a great testimony. It was the first time in the history of Overland Missions mm-hmm. where we had an expedition team who was made up entirely of Zambians. Wow. Um, and most of them have never been outside of their country. Yeah. But they're all sector managers or mm-hmm. sector missionaries within in Zambia. I mean, yes. In other words, they're already the fruit of a second generation of discipleship mm-hmm. and now they're going to the nations exactly. to share the gospel yeah that, that's something great that's something great you know um you 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 get to discover new things when you go out to other people you get out of your your comfort zone mm-hmm. and that's that's what we are asked to do to go all over the world not just in our community but all over the world yeah mm. Uh, and then the other expedition that you were on was the same one that I went on just this past October, yeah. um, where we went to Mwadingusha, Mwadingusha yeah. to to do um, discipleship and evangelism there. Mm-hmm. Um, do you maybe want to share a couple testimonies from from our meeting? Yeah, there, there were lots of testimonies. Um, I think what the one I will share is um, what we usually do when we go on expedition is when we get to a, a certain village, we first see the chief. Mm-hmm. We talk to him and yeah, ask for permission to yeah. to continue ministry. Exactly, and then we proceed on to doing ministry in that place. What really touched me is the fact that even chiefs that are traditional, uh, they, they they most of them are traditional witch doctor because they they do those things. But what amazes me is that they also like see the power of God we are working with. And they say, okay, I want to be to also to be prayed for. 
Yeah. And they kneel down and they, they, they are prayed for. And that's amazing to yeah. see that, that, that man that's representing some, uh, to some level evil power bow to God and ask for prayer. That's yeah. powerful. Yeah. yeah, you mentioned that they, they bowed down. I think while we were in Moringusha, I met three different chiefs mm-hmm. who invited us to pray for them. Um, and one of them invited us into his house, mm. which that is not something that happens often to allow people, you know, inside the, mm. the palace, yeah. um, especially not strangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the, the one chief, uh, before we could pray for him, he said, no, I want to kneel. Um, and that might not sound like a big deal, mm. you know, outside of the, the tribal or the, the cultural context. Yes. But as you mentioned, they are functioning on a governmental level of authority. Mm. Um, and in kneeling, they're basically acknowledging publicly mm-hmm. that they're submitting to Jesus, to Jesus. Exactly. Um, and, and his power and his authority. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That, that's, that's powerful because... When we go out there, we're not going out there with our strength, with our own authority, but we go out with the authority of Christ. And wherever we get, the, the Christ is with us. And it is felt like, yeah, we, we are very confident of who we are with. Yeah. And when we do ministry, it's wonderful. I'll just share one testimony. Uh, we, the, the last day of our uh, expedition to Madingusha, we were walking in that village. Uh, I was with Anna and the other guy from Madingusha. We were just passing by. There was a lady sleeping under a tree. She was like sleeping. We felt like she was sick. Mm-hmm. We were about to, to go away, but Anna said, no, let's go see what's going on with that lady. Went and woke her up. She was, she was like sick, seriously sick, seriously sick. We woke her, we woke her up. Wanted to speak to her, but she called the owner of the house. So she kind of went back to her sleeping. And we started, while we were speaking with the owner of her house, um, we, we, our interest was in her because she was really sick. And uh, the owner of her house, we asked, why is she sleeping? What, what's, what's going on with her? And she said she just lost her husband and the child, like in a, within a month. Wow. And she was thinking a lot. She had stomach pains, serious stomach pains. While we were speaking, she, she could not even sit. She was always laying down. And we ended up <clears throat> praying for her. We prayed for her. We encouraged her with the word of God and, you know, trusting God in all, every single situation that happens in our lives. And, yeah, we encouraged her. We prayed for her. And she, she couldn't eat for two days. She, she wasn't even drinking water. Wow. But after we prayed for her, they brought a cup of water. She drank all of it. Wow. We gave her, we shared with her our, our, our lunch. She ate and we, we asked for another cup of water. She drank and she was sitting. When we left, she was talking. While, when we got there, she was just out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's amazing. There are so many testimonies, but, you know, God is, God is faithful. I remember one day we also... We're just we're done that day. We were going back to the to the meeting point, and we were pa- going past a, a a clinic, and people shouted, "Come pray for us also!" <laughs> <laughs> so we went back. There was a lady, uh, there was a old lady who had uh, back pains and she couldn't even walk straight. She came there to get medicine, some medicine, some pills for her back, 
we prayed for her. She went back with no pain. And wow. She, was, <laughs> wow. she didn't even buy the, the medicine. And we, we prayed for the, for the nurse that was there. We prayed for all the people that were, were in that clinic. And God did wonderful things. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I think one of my favorite testimonies from the Mwaringusha expedition. Mm. There were so many. But I think yeah. this is one that I, I'll have to mention too. Not just one. <laughs> <laughs> so many. <laughs> so one of them was one of... Uh, I think it was also one of the days that I was uh, in a group with you. Mm. Where... Um, there was a lady who had just given, uh, decided to rededicate her life to yes, God. Yes. And then she told us that mm. she was five months pregnant, mm. but that she couldn't feel the baby. Yes. So we were, were praying for her. Mm. Um, and I mean, I, I don't know what her experience was before mm. she decided to like ask for prayer in that particularly. Mm-hmm. Um, but her concern was that she knew she was pregnant, but the yeah. baby wasn't moving. Yes. Um, and, and that, that was a bad sign, especially mm. if you're, you know, already yes, a, yes. a long way um, mm. along with your pregnancy. Yes. Um, and as I was laying my hand on her on her belly, mm. we were praying for her. Mm-hmm. I felt like movement starting wow. to happen in yeah. her stomach. Mm-hmm. Um, and I could see like her face also changed. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my French is not fantastic and yeah. I, <laughs> I didn't speak Swahili. So I, I don't know what her experience was, mm. but I have faith that when we are... Um, when we are obedient in doing the things that God has called us to, you know, like laying hands on the sick, mm-hmm. um, casting out demons, cleansing lepers, mm-hmm. uh, declaring the gospel, mm-hmm. um, God is faithful in exactly. showing up when exactly. we make ourselves available to be used by the Holy Spirit. And I think um, a big part of discipleship is basically we're just stewarding mm-hmm. the things that God is already doing and, and, and put, into, put into practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think... Uh, when we pray, we first pray for her. She she just asked for prayer for because she has stomach pain. That's why she said that first. Yeah. And we prayed for her. We say, "How do you feel?" And then she said, "Okay, I'm pregnant, but I'm not feeling the baby." Yeah. So she kind of opened up finally. Yeah. She 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 volunteered that information. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's wonderful the way God works. Yeah, I think my second favorite testimony also from that same day was mm. uh, the one house we, we shared the gospel at. There mm. was a grandmother who was, she had pain in her shoulder yes. um, and she couldn't even like use the knife mm. to clean fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were praying for her and like after you prayed and, and like I laid hands on her, she was like punching the air, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> she, she had this smile on her face. <laughs> she was running around yeah. telling everyone, God heals me. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, we, we enjoy it. Let me, let me tell all, that, all the people that are listening to us, if you are interested in joining us, please do, because we spend amazing time out there. Yeah. We, the, the power of God is really working through us and we enjoyed all those times yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah this is actually a really good idea let's invite mm. people to come out on expedition yeah we have two expeditions next year to the democratic republic of congo mm-hmm. um overland missions also has expeditions to other nations um zambia angola yes. madagascar uh, mm-hmm. zanzibar we have expeditions to the middle east we have expeditions to asia mm. we have expeditions to brazil so if you are interested in taking the gospel to the nations. Mm. Please head over to our website. I'll also post the link in the podcast description um, and, and sign up. We would love to have you on our team. Yes. We'd have to love you 
um, join our full-time team. That would even be better (laughs) than coming out on expedition. (laughs) Um, But, you know, as we were discussing, if you are a believer, Mm. you are called to make disciples. Exactly. You don't need any special training Mm. or... Um, you know, uh, like you don't have a Bible college degree. Yeah. Just be available for the Holy Spirit to use you. Come out of that comfort zone. Yeah. People need you. Yeah, that's so true. <laughs> you know, Congo has more than 100, 100 million people. Yeah. So we need more missionaries. We do need more yeah, missionaries need who are more. filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. And people can... need to hear the word of God. People need to, to, to know the truth. And you are the right person that God has chosen to do that yeah mm. yeah mm-hmm. um michael you mentioned that congo has a great need for missionaries mm-hmm. um and i think you know there are many other nations that that have a similar need yeah um So maybe let's just end off today's uh, conversation by praying for the nation of Congo, Mm -hmm. um, for uh, praying for the people who are listening to this podcast, Mm. um, and yeah, just implementing the things of discipleship in our day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. Would you like to pray for us? No problem. Let's pray. Father, we bless you for this opportunity you've given us to, to share, to talk about the Word of God, talk about the Kingdom of God. Thank you for all the people that are listening to us. And we pray for Congo right now. It's a big country, Lord. And we know that you have good plans for all the people of Congo. We pray for peace. We pray for prosperity. We pray, Lord, for your kingdom to come in this country. And for your righteousness righteousness to prevail in this country. We pray that you, O oh God, um, provide people to come and share the word of God with us. Join our hands and go into the the, the furthest places in this country, going to the bushes and villages, remote villages to preach the gospel. Because we believe, Lord, you want them to know you. Because eternal life is the knowledge of God and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you put this thing on the hearts of those that are listening to us so they can join this great team of Overland Mission and join us here in, in Congo for, for that work. Lord. We pray for all the other countries that need missionaries. We pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you provide to the needs, Lord Jesus Christ. We pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining me. I would love to hear from you. So I'm attaching a message link in the podcast description. Please do send me a message. I would love to get in contact with you. So if you want to become a part of this pioneering effort to the nations, you are so welcome to contact me um, if you need more information. You can send me an email. My address is crinelia at overlandmissions.com or you can reach out to our headquarters in Florida, the Overland Missions headquarters. Their address is on the website. 
you can find them at www.overlandmissions.com um, and this website is also a phenomenal tool if you need more, more information about how we do ministry what our ministry approach is what areas we minister in the countries and the nations and the tribes that we minister to um, and there's also really cool resources for um, joining us on short-term expeditions in the nations and you are so welcome also to check out our AMT page. AMT is an abbreviation which is short for Advanced Missions Training. So if you're thinking about and praying about having a career in missions, this is where you start.